Hello and welcome to the Village Church Podcast. My name is John and we are glad to have you join us. We work to deliver our most recent preaching content to you as soon as possible, so let's get into God's Word together. Good morning. It's good to be with you this morning. It's good to sing worship to the Lord and now as we continue uh, through worshiping God by the Word of God. Uh, for those that uh, don't know me, my name is John, and I am a pastor here at uh, Village Bible Church. For those who I've met and know, brothers and sisters, good morning. It's good to be with you today. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's been a little while since we have been in the book of Galatians. Um, the last time we examined the first nine verses of chapter three, and today we're going to pick back up in that chapter. Uh, Throughout this series uh, that I I started almost a year ago now, um, I've used this statement to describe the overarching theme of the book of Galatians. It's this, God's people are justified by grace through faith in Christ alone and not by works or obedience to the law. Stated another way, more simply, Christians are justified by what Christ did and not by what we do. Since it's been a few months since we've been in this book, let's quickly review the context around Galatians before we get into our text for today. So Paul's letter to the Galatians was not written to one specific singular church, but to the collective churches in the region. Um, If you flip over to Galatians chapter 1, verse 2, you don't have to uh, flip there, but Paul's greeting actually states this. It says, "...to the churches in Galatia." So it's to a region, it's to all of the Christian-believing churches that are there. And Paul's letter strikes a much more fiery tone than many of Paul's other epistles. And we're reminded that this letter was written as a rebuke to the churches in Galatia. They were straying from the truth. Paul writes with the intent to correct and restore them to the truth of the gospel, which is by faith rather than the false gospel of works or our ability to obey. Remember that the Galatians had come to faith during uh, Paul's early missionary work in the region of Galatia. Paul was a missionary through that region. Uh, The Galatian churches were established and had come to the truth of the gospel. But then after Paul left, Judaizing zealots entered the churches and we're falsely teaching that Gentile believers must also observe all the Jewish laws and ceremonies in addition to having faith in Christ. They said that having faith was not enough. You also still had to obey all the rules. Uh, remember that a Gentile simply means anyone outside of the Jewish faith. So to be a Gentile is to be anyone other than of the Jewish faith. So these Jews are telling Christians that they can't, can't simply believe in Christ. They need to get circumcised And there's a whole list of things they can't eat and that they must do and that they can't do. And the list goes on and on. These Judaizers didn't dismiss Jesus outright. They acknowledged Jesus. But instead of the true gospel, which is simply that we believe in what Christ has done through faith, the Judaizers were promoting a false gospel where it was Jesus plus obedience to the Old Testament law. You had to do both, according to them. And dear ones, we know that Christ plus anything else is a false gospel. 
but Christ plus nothing else is the gospel. So the Galatians begin to drift into legalism. They were embracing what the Judaizers instructed them to do. They were getting circumcised. They were trying to obey the law. And just like that, whenever man tries to earn his way through following rules, you lose the true gospel. The true gospel is void of man's work. It's based solely on Christ's work. We know this. This is why the Apostle Paul wrote to the Galatians to set them straight, to correct them. With that uh, quick review, let's go to our text today. Our text today is Galatians chapter 3, verses 10 through 14. Galatians 3, 10 through 14. I've titled this message simply, Law and Promise. My goal today will be to hopefully point you to the contrast of the law and the gospel, but help us to see that God's people have always been saved only one way, and that is by faith. Please join me as we read God's inspired word this morning, Galatians chapter 3, 10 through 14. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law. And do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Let us pray. God, as we come to your word today, I pray that you would speak through me, God, that it would be your word that is spoken, that your people would be built up that your truth would reign here today, God. Guide my words. Guide your people. Let all be done to your glory. Amen. In today's text, the Apostle Paul is contrasting the Old Testament law with the promise of the gospel by faith. Remember, we just talked about it. The Galatians had become rule-following legalists, trying to obey their way into a right standing before God by obeying all the rules that the Judaizers had instructed them to do. So let us begin with this question. What is the law? The Apostle Paul said in verse 10 of Galatians 3, our text today, all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. Therefore, let us make sure we have a common understanding of what the law is as we unpack our text. Simply put, the law is God's perfect standard of obedience and holiness as described and commanded in Scripture. And Paul said all who rely on that are under a curse. We need to understand what Paul is referencing here in verse 10. Notice that in the second half of verse 10... It's in quotes. Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Well, it's in quotes because 
It's a reference to the Old Testament. The Apostle Paul is referencing Deuteronomy 27 and 28. And this is where Moses and the elders of Israel and the Levitical priests gather all of Israel to Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim as part of Israel's covenant renewal before the next generation is to enter into the promised land. And all these curses and blessings are called out in Deuteronomy 27 and 28 from the mountainsides for all the people to hear and affirm regarding the law and what will happen if they keep it and what will happen if they break it. Deuteronomy 27, starting in verse 15, we see a whole series of curses called out for failure to obey the law. I'm going to look at just a few of them. Deuteronomy 27.15 says, Cursed be the man who makes a carved or cast metal image, an abomination to the Lord. Verse 16 says, Cursed be anyone who dishonors his father or mother. Verse 19, Cursed be anyone who perverts justice. Deuteronomy 27.25, going further down in that chapter. Cursed be anyone who takes a bribe to shed innocent blood. And finally, verse 26 of Deuteronomy 27. Cursed be anyone who does not confirm the word of this law by doing them, and all the people shall say, Amen. So in Galatians 3.10, that is the reference Paul's making. He's referencing Deuteronomy 27.28. Continuing in Deuteronomy, if we were to look at chapter Uh, 28, verses 58 and 59 say this, If you are not careful to do all the words of the law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring on you and your offspring extraordinary afflictions, afflictions severe and lasting, and sickness grievous and lasting. So when Paul, in Galatians 3.10, said, for all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, this was not a new concept for his readers to understand. The book of Deuteronomy is part of what Judaism refers to as the Torah, which consists of the first five books of the Old Testament. And Torah literally means law. The Torah was and is the law that governs Judaism. Paul is stating here in Galatians 3.10 that even in Judaism, the law does not confer a blessing, but only a curse. These verses we just read in Deuteronomy point to a bleak outlook for sinful fallen man who cannot keep God's law perfectly. All those verses said, you have to do them. But let's, let's look even further as we continue this thought. Go back to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Genesis 2, 15 through 17 says this. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely eat die. As we think about the curse of the law, consider Adam. How many times did Adam have to sin in the garden before God cursed him? 
A single sin brings the curse. One violation of God's perfect law deserves the full judgment of God. We know this even of the most famous of verses. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. So maybe we ask, well, what then is sin? I am often fond of, of old catechisms, questions and answers that give us biblical help. The Baptist Catechism of 1693 gives us this question and answer that I think is helpful. Question, what is sin? Answer, sin is any lack of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. To break God's commands, to break God's law is to sin. We know this to be true, not because a catechism says it, because God's word says it. 1 John 3, 4 says, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. To disobey God's commands is to sin. To sin is to transgress the law of God. To transgress the law of God is to be cursed. What is sin? Sin is any transgression of the law of God. Man cannot keep God's perfect law. Thus he is cursed. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy are filled with God's commands, and no man could keep them. God gave his people the Ten Commandments, and they could not, and we cannot, keep them. In the New Testament, Christ Jesus our Lord was asked what the greatest commandment was. Matthew 22, he says this. When asked what the greatest commandment is, he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Man cannot even keep the two greatest commandments, to love God and love others. And if we're truly honest, man can't keep the greatest commandment, to love God with all his heart. We cannot keep the ten, we cannot keep the two, and we cannot keep the one. Galatians 3.10, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law and do them. Since no man can keep God's perfect standard, then the law only brings a curse, not a blessing. Remember, the Galatian churches were turning from the gospel that is received by grace through faith in Christ, and they were turning towards and embracing the law. We think back to the beginning of Galatians 3, Paul's fiery words at the beginning of that chapter begin to make a lot more sense in light of the observation that the Galatians were turning from believing in faith to the law. What did he say? Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? to turn from faith in Christ to think that you can then earn it. But that is legalism. It's man's attempt to be uh, rule following his way into God's favor. And Paul reminds the Galatians that the law is a curse for anyone who cannot perfectly keep it. Those who break God's perfect law subject themselves to God's perfect judgment against lawbreakers. Either man perfectly keeps the law, which he can't do, or man stands condemned by the law. To, to drive this point just a little further, what else does Scripture tell us on this? 
Romans 3.20 says, For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. The law justifies no man, but rather it reveals what a wretched sinner I am by bringing knowledge to what God's law is and that I don't do it. Through the law comes knowledge of sin. Perhaps you've heard people say things like, well, I'm not not that bad. I'm a pretty decent person, right? We hear this all the time. People try to justify themselves. Perhaps you're even tempted to compare yourself with others. I'm not as bad as that person. Friends, God's law is not a sliding scale where the more you keep it, the more righteous you are. God's laws must be kept perfectly or it has not been kept at all. That's God's standard. And it really puts it into perspective. There isn't anyone good. James 2.10 makes this so clear for us. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. It's not like if I keep most of it, that's good enough. If you're held to the standard of the law, you have to observe it perfectly. No one does that. Thus man is cursed under the law because no man can keep the law. Verse 10 of Galatians 3 clearly establishes that. The law only brings a curse. But let's look at verse 11. Paul says, Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. In this verse also, let us note that the righteous shall live by faith is another text that is in quotes, meaning it's a reference from another point in Scripture. Paul here is quoting from the Old Testament book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4, where even then, in the Old Testament, God's word makes clear that faith, not obedience to the law, is how the righteous shall live. Habakkuk 2, 4 says, the righteous shall live by his faith. Perhaps you struggle as you consider the Old Testament with all its law its sacrifices, the blood, and then you try to reconcile that with the righteous shall live by faith. But dear one, the point that Paul is making here is that the law has no ability to justify anyone, and it never has. It has only ever been by faith that one is made right before God. The purpose of the law is to bring knowledge of sin. No one was ever justified by it. Back earlier in Galatians 3, Paul reminded that just as Scripture uh, tells that Abraham was justified by faith, so too are Abraham's descendants, which includes all those who are grafted in through Christ, saved by faith, apart from good works. Abraham was known as the man of faith, and Scripture tells us that he was justified not by his works, but by faith. Let's look at Genesis chapter 15. Verses 5 and 6, and we can explore the covenant that God made with Abraham. Genesis 15, verses 5 and 6. What does it say? And he, the Lord, brought him, Abraham, outside and said, Look to heaven, or look toward heaven, and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he, the Lord, said to Abraham, So shall your offspring be. And he, Abraham, believed the Lord, and the Lord counted it to him as righteousness. He believed, and God counted it to him as righteousness. 
before he had ever done anything good. Abraham was counted righteous by faith in God. The righteous shall live by faith. This is, through, this is true through all of Scripture. This is not a, just a New Testament thing. No one has ever been able to be justified by the law. Let's continue looking in our text today in Galatians 3. If we look at verse 12, the next verse, it says, But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Paul says, the law is not of faith. Now let's put that simply. The law and faith are mutually exclusive. It is one or the other, but it cannot be both. Either you will live by the one or be cursed by the other. Either you will live by faith or be cursed under the law. The law doesn't require you to have faith. Only perfect obedience. Good luck. The gospel is not based on our ability to obey, but upon Christ's perfect obedience. And we accept it by faith in the risen Lord. Do you see the tension between those two? One requires your perfect obedience, and we can't do it. The other one is based on Christ's perfect obedience. He obeyed all, and we simply accept it on faith. One commentator summarized it this way, and I like the way it was said. The law says, do and live. Faith says, believe and live. In our text so far, the Apostle Paul has given the bad news in three points. All who rely on works of the law are under a curse. Point one. No one is justified before God by the law because the law does not justify anyone. Point two. The law is not of faith. These two are opposite. It's one or the other. The curse of the law or Christ's perfect obedience in your place. Point three. Now with the bad news clearly stated, the apostle gets to the heart of the gospel message in our text today. And he gives the good news. We must know the bad news in order to know that the good news is really good. Look with me at verse 13 of our text today in Galatians 3. What's the apostle say? Verse 13, Galatians 3. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Since we have violated God's law, we, like the Galatians and all of mankind, deserve God's, uh, the, the curse of God's judgment for being lawbreakers. But what a glorious comfort it is to know that Christ became that curse for us. Deuteronomy 21-23 says that a man hanged on a tree is cursed by God. Jesus bore the law's curse for those he came to save. Though he himself was without sin, he never violated the law. And he was hanged on a tree, a wooden cross where he was crucified in our place. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. I still remember I've read Matthew 27 many times in my life, and I remember reading it one day, and it finally hitting me, and I understood that when Jesus was crucified, though he was innocent, and that that rebel prisoner Barabbas got to go free, that was me. That was you if you are saved today. Christ Jesus, the Lord, truly God and truly man, yet without sin, 
gave us peace with God by becoming a curse for us. We got to go free, and he bore our punishment. In Matthew 5, verse 17, Jesus says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Christ alone perfectly fulfilled the law, accomplishing what we could not do, and did so for all who believe. No man can obey the law, but truly God, truly man, only he did. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14 tells us, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture is 2 Corinthians 5.21. I think I use it every time I teach or preach, and I make no apology for it. For our sake... He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He bore the curse. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Look at our final verse for today, Galatians 3.14. So that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Paul here states by inspiration of God that through Christ Jesus the Lord, the blessing of Abraham, remember, righteousness by faith, is extended to the Gentiles, those not of the bloodline of Abraham, the Jews. In Genesis 12.3, God told Abraham, in you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. Brothers and sisters, this is the promise. The gospel, all the way back in Genesis 12. All families of the earth, all who, by grace, through faith, believe the promise of God. But even earlier than Genesis 12, all the way back in Genesis 3, where God himself proclaims this promise for the first time in Scripture as he curses the serpent, when he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Genesis 3.15. Brothers and sisters, God proclaimed the promise that Christ would crush Satan's head and we would not be left without hope. In Adam, all are cursed under the law because we cannot keep it. And yet even cursed, we have been given hope of the promise. A hope in the eternal Savior, in the promised Holy Spirit, which our Lord said he would send, the helper to draw, to convict, to lead, to guide every believer. That is the promise. The indwelling of the Spirit. Every believer, by faith, who trusts in Christ, is indwelled with the Spirit. What did Christ say in John 16, 7? I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come. 
But if I go, I will send him to you. As we come to the end of a short text today, friends, there is the law and the curse that it brings. And then there is the promise of the gospel, which we see throughout the pages of Scripture. There has only ever been one who kept the law, and he was God. The law only brings a curse for man. And the promised gospel, which is received by grace through faith in Christ, is the only way to be freed from the curse of the law. So now what? How do we apply what we studied in the word today? If we simply read it and do not apply it, we, we have not we've not done what we need to with it. I have these application points for us to consider. One, if you are under the gospel, do you live like one still under the law? We've read about the Galatians and how they had believed, but then they drifted into rules and obedience denying the true gospel that is received by faith apart from works so that no man can boast. I would remind you today that God's word says the righteous shall live by faith. And I'm reminded of those beautiful words of that great hymn, Rock of Ages, that so rightly describes our standing before God. Not the labor of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands, Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. Dear ones, if you you believe through faith, Christ has fulfilled the law. Second, perhaps you're here today, and you've come to understand that you are under the curse of the law, facing God's certain judgment for lawbreakers. Do not delay. Place your faith in the promise of the gospel through Christ. Submit to the Lord, repent of sin, and be justified before God. Not by your own merit, but by that of Jesus Christ, the only one who has ever fulfilled the law, the perfect Son of God. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Friends, I would encourage you to place your faith in Christ this day. If you have questions, if you want to talk, uh, I would love to talk with you after service. Pastor John White would love to talk with you. Find someone. Do not leave here today uncertain of where you stand. There is the curse, and then there is the promise of the gospel. Would you join me as we close in prayer today? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. God, thank you that your word so clearly shows us that we are sinners. And yet, the hope of the promise that you would redeem your people, that there is nothing that we do that contributes to our salvation. All we have ever done is contribute the need for it by sinning. God, you are good. Father, I pray that you would help us to live in the truth of the promise of the gospel. That the lost would come to know you, God. That we would trust not in our own works, but in what Christ has done, God. This day, 
lead us as we go from here. Be honored, be with us. And Lord, if it be your will, bring us back again next week. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us this week. If you have any questions about anything you just heard or if we can pray for you, please contact us at info at Until next time, stay in God's word.